for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 336 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're here every Wednesday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network at 9.30 p.m. uh, on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, and of course, on all major podcast networks. Uh, Make sure if you're on YouTube, hit that uh, subscribe button and and like it and uh, comment in the chat. Jamie's already in the chat here commenting. We can always expect Jamie to be here uh, right on time. You probably noticed they were a couple minutes late. He was probably here before we were. Uh, As usual. As usual. Uh, Ryan, what's up, man? Uh, Not much. Just kind of got to glad things calmed down before the uh, show started. My dog was losing his mind until right now. (laughs) Yeah. We're good. We're good. We're ready to go. Everything Lots is good now. Stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah dude. You know, it's a, it's a flower season. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Our guest tonight, uh, Mr. Stephen Taroni. He is a writer and ranker for guillotineleagues.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at FFProfessorST3. And uh, Stephen, you came on our show. I went back and looked to see what number you were on. You were on show number 94. And we're at 336 now. So. Uh, wow. it's, it's been way too long, man. It's good That's to get you back on. Cool to hear, though. You know, <laughs> just the progression, and you know, I mean, I saw you in person um, in Washington D.C., and I hardly recognized you because of the big old beard <laughs> yeah, and the hair. I got and long hair, hair now too. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just so cool and surreal to meet you. But yeah, it, it, it was cool to, to link up with you there. And yeah, I actually remember being on that show. We were talking about 2018 rookies. That's right. Um, and of course, I had I had to have Enkeel Harry ranked number one as my wide receiver <laughs> that year. Of course, I was with you. I Consensus, with you. <laughs> but I I was proud. I did have AJ Brown ranked as my second wide receiver, and and I wish I could go back and just make him that my number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Nikhil Harry is one that I will forever be picked on as well. My my other co-host from my DFS show uh, gives me shit all the time because he had Josh Jacobs, I think, in that draft as the one hundred and one, and I had Nikhil Harry and. He will let me live it down for sure. All right, so real quick, plug what you do over at Guillotine Leagues. Yeah, so every week, uh, you know, in season for the last four years, I've actually ranked defenses, um, uh, other positions too, but mostly defenses. This year is going to be a little different. I'm going to be doing mostly wide receivers and running backs, uh, just ranking them on a weekly basis and uh, just a little blurb with it too. So, you know, with Guillotine Leagues specifically, you know, it, there's a little bit different nuance to it. Um, every week, someone is getting chopped, right? The lowest score is eliminated for the rest of the season. So, you know, there's a little bit of nuance there, but mostly I just rank as I would any fantasy football format. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah, we actually um, are doing a a guillotine league for our writers league this year, but we're doing it with nice. a little bit of a twist. We have um, obviously 18 teams, but there's uh, six divisions of three teams each. And each division of three teams is a team where you can trade back and forth all you want all season. And your goal is to try to get one of you to the end, to the championship game. So that's cool. So it should be a lot of fun this year. One of us is in that league and didn't realize it was a guillotine. Anywho. (laughs) Ryan doesn't listen to me talk or anything. He doesn't even read the show sheets half the time. He just shows up on Wednesday (laughs) nights at 930 and talks. It's a a gift. All right, guys, tonight, as always, our show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their, their industry-leading best ball leagues, huge tournaments, private leagues, pick for every major sport. Uh, use our promo code GF2 to get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Sign up, use promo code GF2, and you start drafting your best ball teams. And right now, for a limited time, up until kickoff, 
Uh, you will also get a free square for your pick'em contests. It is an Anthony Richardson uh, over or sorry, higher or lower uh, one or half a yard. So basically, half a total yard. If he if he throws a pass, rushes, whatever, he he gets that half a yard. So it's basically a free square for your pick'ems. So you will also get that along with your deposit match. So again, that promo code is GF two. Uh, go get the app Underdog Fantasy. Um, all right, guys, tonight we got a great show. We're going to be going and doing some news and notes. We have some good things to talk about, finally, for some news and notes. And then we're going to break down an actual real-life redraft league. It is um, from the Polly's Playoff uh, Tournament that uh, a friend of ours do, does, uh, Mr. Shane Barrett. He runs a whole charity program over this. So we're going to break down the redraft league and kind of give some uh, some values, some things we liked, some things we didn't like, that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll answer some listener questions, um, and of course, we will start the draft. Start the show off with our mo- our nonsense draft. Attention, everyone! Let's mock draft. All right, so tonight Ryan picked the uh, category for tonight to draft, and we are drafting the worst things to be turned into. And it's pretty much wide open. You can pick anything you want. I mean, it could be inanimate <laughs> objects. living things? It could That's be anything. That's the question I had. It could be inanimate. It could be living. It could be anything oh, you man. want. Anything at all. And, uh, <laughs> Stephen, you got the first pick here. So what you got? Man, well, I think I'm going with the slam dunk answer that everyone's thinking, right? It's it's a toilet. <laughs> yeah, that was my one-on-one. Sure. I was, I was going to say a turd. So yeah, close. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the best. <laughs> like it has to be the worst thing. So I think that makes it the best answer. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I thought about Ryan, cause you said turd. I thought about that too, but turd wouldn't be as bad as a toilet. Cause if you're a turd, eventually you, you get, you get used to your own smell. People well, are, people are, if people are going to leave you alone, like a toilet though, you're just going to get shit on every day. <laughs> so it's like, it never ends. So yeah, that's definitely the one one answer for me. Um, all right. So my one Oh two answer, I had to really dig deep on this one. And Steven, you live in this area, so you, you could probably appreciate this one. I don't know if they go up as far as, the, as Ryan's area, but we have a bug here that comes out every 17 years called a cicada. Um, they live their entire lives underground for 17 years and they finally come out they do their whole mating thing and then they end up you know three or four weeks and then they're gone and the reason why i'd hate to be turned into one is because in this area if you get planted into the ground 17 years ago you know you spend your whole life on the ground you're finally able to come out you're like oh i'm gonna go to the top you know i'm gonna i'm gonna party i'm gonna meet some cicada women and have a good old time and then lo and behold you get to the top and they built a parking lot over top of you and now you're just gonna be stuck underground for the rest of your life and you're just gonna die there so cicada they are very annoying bugs they are obviously they're they're not very smart either obviously they they um they come out they run into you i'm sure you've had experience with them steven they yeah oh yeah they they can't fly straight they're really stupid bugs and they're very yeah. very annoying when they're when they're here man that that would be horrible to be in that position for 17 years 17 wow. years yeah <laughs> i mean only cicadas and uh pennywise like are like away for that long before they come out and, yes. like just rage <laughs> that's true good point <laughs> All right, Ryan, you got the 103. I was going to go with a different bug, but I'm going to change it up. And I'm going to go with the floor of a movie theater. Oh, I mean, they're sticky. They're gross. People walk on them. Yeah. Certain movie theaters get even grosser stuff on that. That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, that's definitely a gross one, especially like the older theaters. The newer ones that have like the reclining chairs, they do a pretty good job taking care of those. But those old ones that have the sloped floors where like if you drop a drink, it like rolls to like the third fl- the third row in the front. And yeah, yeah it's, it does get pretty gross for sure. And uh, yeah, that's a good call. All right, Stephen, back to you here. The 104. Yeah, I, I think with like movie theaters, they need to like redo their floors like every year, or it's just it's <laughs> yeah. gross. Um, I, I I was gonna go with like a um, like a puddle, like like I was thinking something like that, and I think I'm gonna get more spe- specific because I just watched a documentary on Woodstock '99, so I'm gonna go with a mud puddle outside of the um porta potties at oh. Woodstock 99. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. That is disgusting. That would be horrible. <laughs> that would be absolutely disgusting. That's a good one. Uh Jamie in the chat says the worst thing to be turned into is a 1980s nudie magazine. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good too. I was and, not and just vile that weapon. Leave it to Jamie. Leave it to Jamie. You say you're upset about that. <laughs> <It's> very upset. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I'm up at the 105, and I'm going to go with something similar to like a movie theater, um, but a New York City subway turnstile. Like, those things get touched a million times a day by a bunch of really, you know, people that that probably don't wash their hands and they, you know, there's people that don't bathe and that thing must be disgusting. I doubt they ever wash those things or clean those things. So, yeah, New York City the subway turnstile will be my 105 here. Dude, just count me out on anything that's touched by people on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, it's 100%. Time. 100%. All right, Ryan, you got the 106. Um, any human being who lives in Death Valley, California, it gets to 130 degrees there. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't survive. Yeah. The hell with that. Anyone who lives in temperature, hell, Arizona, anything like that. If you're a desert near you, I don't want to live there. Anyone <laughs> who lives there, you can keep your life. I'd rather just, I'd rather be a cicada under <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right, uh, Steven, your last pick here at the 107. Oh, man. Uh, a really a really bad thing to be turned into um you know i'm just gonna go with a couch that like for a, a crazy cat lady oh, yeah. like that uh, couch yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about covered in hair just you're always covered in hair and it, it never goes away it's probably been peed on it's been you know it's it's not not yeah you we get up on that couch and you don't you don't smell good the rest of the day no <laughs> good stuff all right uh my last pick here and I, there's some really semi graphic ones I could go with that I'm not gonna do uh I'm gonna go with uh with the jock strap though because <laughs> that's Ooh. I don't even have to explain that one uh that's that's yeah that's definitely the one of the ones I would not want to be turned into for sure all right Ryan closes out here 109 I'm gonna get weird I'm gonna go with cheese. I don't know why, but I'm lactose intolerant. Rats like to eat it. You don't last long. Nope, I'm good. I want to be cheese. Mold. You're just mold. Uh, mold. Yeah, mold. Yeah, that's That's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, Jamie just put in the chat what I was thinking. Not not necessarily. He he went a little bit more detailed than I did, but oh, yeah. J- Jamie, <laughs> that's so disgusting. I, I, I feel bad that that idea even popped in your head. That you had to think about and the fact that that's yeah. number two and not the number one worst thing that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, I th- that is definitely worse. Than that's the definitely worse. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're sticky, but <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's get to the <laughs> news and notes. News and notes from around the league. All right, uh, first thing I want to talk about, of course, is this whole JT saga. We had another little nugget happen today, where you know he's been granted permission to seek a trade, but he has until Tuesday to find that trade. And Steve, I want to go to you, just your overall thoughts on the situation and, and where do you think this ends up eventually? I really believe he gets traded. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be, you know, it, it's, no, it's going to have to be a franchise that makes notoriously bad decisions. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, like I don't want to fall too hard on that side of like, you know, running backs don't matter sort of thing, but he is asking for a lot of money and it's going to be hard to find, but I think they'll find somebody. Um, For me, any team that, you know, has a quarterback on a rookie deal, that's kind of like an easy sort of layup. And I think it could be a team that just we're not thinking of, but that's, that's what I think happens. Yeah. I think it's going to be a team. If he does get traded, it'd be a team that as fantasy people, we don't want him to go to whether there's already a fantasy guy that we like there, or yeah. it's going to be like a split situation where JT's value goes down. I don't think the situation is going to be ideal where we're like, we love this spot. You know, I think where he's at with the Colts is probably his best spot for fantasy wise, at least. What about right. you, Ryan? One thing, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to add the one thing that would make it good is if he does get traded is if it's a running back back Mm. with like a second round pick for the other side. And then now he's alone and then the other running back could be, you know, in a good situation, would be in a really good situation. Yeah, that's a good point where they trade their incumbent starter, like just throwing it out there. But Joe Mixon, they say they traded Joe Mixon. You know, he's he's on a one year deal. They just signed him. We we, we don't want him to ask you on Joe. (laughs) Yeah, no. Ravens fan over there. <laughs> but that was just the one that popped into my head where, you know, if they moved Mixon and Jonathan Taylor's now they're running back for the Bengals, it's, you know, it's probably a good thing for him. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the situation here? And where do you think he goes if he does get moved? It's, it's a really hard trade to make. So they want at least a first round pick or compensation similar to that, which means, 
a team's not only going to have to give up these future picks, they're also going to have to give him a monster deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to take him and trade him. So we're yeah. talking about the Bengals. You mentioned the Bengals there. Not only do we have to give this picks up, send away Mixon, they still got to worry about signing Joe Burrow in the future, and T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. It's hard. Like, I don't know. And you only have two days to make this decision. Or not two days, like a week to make this decision, man. Yeah, well, yeah what was I, it, six days or something crazy? Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's next Tuesday, and they said it's just a week. Like, I don't know. I think it'll get done, but it doesn't make sense for a lot of people. It doesn't, yeah. Like, you have to be a contender. You have to have a decent running back and want to upgrade. You have, you have to believe your team's in championship potential right now. Right. I saw offers came have gone through already, so that's what makes me think it'll happen because, you know, if teams are actually making offers, like, and they obviously want them to be traded. But, yeah, I mean, gonna happen an offer's an offer. You put a player on the trade block in fantasy, you get offers too, and a lot of times right. suck. Yeah, like right. they're not. If they want a first a lot, man, for right. us, a I'm lot. Hit, dude, he needs a brand new contract. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to the uh, Rich Eisen show, and he he made a good point. He's like, teams don't value the running backs until they ask for a trade and then they want full value for their running back. It's like, you know, you, it's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose situation. It's like, like you said, Ryan, they're going to have to trade for him, give up assets to get him, and then turn around and sign him to a big contract. I just don't see a lot of teams that are going to be able to do that. Like, I heard the Eagles were one of the teams that are scrounging around. They don't make the best. Like, their trades they make always work out for them and are lopsided on them. Yeah. I, it's just, I don't know where it makes sense. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right, this next news is not quite as big, but um, I know I was a big uh, supporter, and, and I'm still kind of high on this guy this year, the tight end, Trey McBride. Um, but Zach Ertz got fully cleared, expected to start week one, which was a surprise to me for a guy his age with the injury he had going into week one. I thought for sure McBride would be the main guy. Um, if you're in a tight end premium league, Ryan, and let's say you have Trey McBride, are you worried about Zach Ertz being there? You think it's because split and neither one of them become worth anything? No, I'm not worried about Zach Ertz. Like he's 32 years old. Um, his he hasn't had over uh, 574 was his highest receiving total since 2019. He hasn't been efficient in the red zone. Trey McBride showed out last year. He they're so bad at wide receiver and pass catchers. They can both be on the field. And McBride's obviously the alpha of the two. It's not a worry for me. Zach Ertz is going to get some work, but I don't think it affects McBride at all. But not enough work for me to let him in fantasy or be interested at all. Fair enough. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts on these two tight ends? It's interesting, right? It brings up a good point. I'm wondering how much 11 personnel they'll go out or how much two tight end they'll, they'll, they'll play in. Like, I really don't know. I haven't watched much of their preseason. Maybe there's some tells there, but that would be interesting because, you know, they, if you think about the Cardinals, you think about three wideouts out there at least, but that's with Kyler Murray, right? I mean, we're not going to see Kyler, so it could be um, who who is even is it going to be Tune? Is it going to be McCoy? We don't even know yet. They haven't announced it, it yet, right? So, and so that one was of those, when they had D Hop, yeah, at receiver. Right. So they might go two tight ends a lot. So you know, early in the season, I could see Zach Ertz even being like a potential DFS week one sort of thing, like where he actually has value in the first few weeks, and then you see Trey McBride start to take over. you know excel a little bit it's just i think this team is going to end up being in a position where you know they're losing a lot of games so it doesn't make sense for Ertz to be out there at some point right that, that's how i see it going yeah absolutely I mean, who, who would you rather on the field zach pascal or zach Ertz? zach Ertz. Ertz. that's your wide receiver three is pascal <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how bad a shape they're in wow that's brutal Wow. It's Pascal, Hollywood Brown, and Rondell Moore. Wow. So, like, they have no size other than tight end and right. limited talent. I just, well, there you go. They're probably going to do more two tight end than they did last year. Yeah, I expect that as well. All right, we have uh, some news on another running back um, that was, you know, thought that he might actually hold out, but is now expected to report to camp week one. Uh, Ryan, give me your thoughts on Josh Jacobs. Is he going right back into your your top few running backs with this news? Or are you still kind of worried about him? I'm not worried about him. Dude, they're going to run him into the ground this year. And as a fantasy owner, he's on my team. I'm riding him to the wheels fall off. 100%. Like, I'm doing what the team is. He's going to get his 400 touches or he's going to break down. Running backs get hurt. I'll take the chance on the 400 touches. Fair enough. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts on Jacobs? Are you, are you worried at all about him? 
all in on it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Ryan said. I mean, you know, he, he just he's he's a volume hog. He gets the targets too. I mean, very consistent with targets. I think sixty three and sixty four last two years. So um, yeah, it, it, there's a there's a few cases this year where there's that veteran running back that you really want actually in dynasty that is going to give you one or two really great years at like you know that we odd age of twenty six to twenty eight. And he's kind of one of those guys that I would be like trading for right now. Yeah, good call. And then if you have him on your team and your fan, your dynasty team is not working, sell him midseason for a huge amount because a playoff contender is going to want somebody who's producing at that point. Yep. And they'll pay for a short-term player. So it's a win-win. Good call. You're either winning with him or you move him. We'll stick with the running backs here. And uh, this is sort of a Captain Obvious news. I don't even know why they put it in here, but I just wanted to bring it up just to kind of get your thoughts on it. DeAndre Swift, uh, Eagles are leaning towards a committee approach. You know, the Eagles committee? No way. I didn't see that one coming. What are your thoughts on this, Stephen? They, they wouldn't trade it for Swift, but they're going back to this committee where they've got maybe three or four running backs rotating in. At this point, I'm off Eagles running backs. I was actually in at certain points on Swift and certain points on uh, Rashad Penny, says my best ball exposure on underdog. Like, I've gotten both. And now I'm at a point where it's like, I'm not really taking anyone. I, I've, I've fallen into a spot where I'm, I'm never taking one of these backs. Um, I think it makes much more sense in best ball to still target one of them. Um, but in redraft, it's really hard to get a tell for me. Um, I, I think that DeAndre Swift is just going way too high. Um, if he was just going like a little bit lower, I'd be okay with him. But right now he's just going too high. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts on Swift here in this committee approach? I mean, we expect him to be the committee. Like you're coming into this. I don't think this announcement should change what you thought. Um, his skill set tells me if you're in a PPR league, he still has value because of his pass catching ability and big play ability. He was never going to be a guy who's needs a ton of volume to produce. So right. he can get 200 total touches in finish as a top eight to 15 running back. And that's kind of where he's going. I want him at the bottom of his range of outcomes. If he falls, I'm not going to reach for him, but he definitely has use on that team. And I don't trust anyone else because Rashad Penny's going to be game script dependent and red zone dependent. And he's competing with those end zone tar- or the red zone t- uh, touches with Hertz. And Gaywell is kind of just a fill in for the two. So if he's healthy, I like the upside, but I don't want him as like my running back one or. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I do think that, you know, Swift in the committee is probably his best bet. I think if they brought him in there to be the guy, he'd probably last five or six games and he'd get hurt again. But being in the committee, you know, maybe he can stay healthy longer. Um, you mentioned the PPR upside. If he can improve his efficiency, obviously he played in Detroit where they weren't very good for a long time. He's playing with the Eagles right. now, and they're a very good team. So efficiency should should definitely go up. So less he touches. Does, go ahead. Um, his touch totals in his career, 160, 213, 147. And it was 870th scrimmage yards, touchdown, 10 touchdowns, 1,069 total scrimmage yards, 7 touchdowns, 931 yards, 8 touchdowns. Like, He's uber efficient and he doesn't need a time. Yep. What what I'm hearing is you're kind of in on Swift and I it's like making me think more about it because like I was in, but now like it's gone the other way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hesitantly in. Like I'm in on the point where I think he definitely has value and I think if he falls in a draft to pick him up, because depending on the range where he's going and who he's going near, I might take him over some other guys with question marks because of the offense he's in. Yeah. And I can see that role. And they still threw the running backs over 50 times in Philly last year. Yeah. All right. One last uh, note here. And this got a little heated argument in our going for two chat chat today. And this isn't even really related to fantasy, but I just want to get your thoughts on Trey Lance being demoted, so to speak, demoted to the QB three behind Sam Darnold. Um, what are your thoughts here, Steven? So my uncle's in the Bay area and he's always had like his hands and, literally like his feet on like property like there like he was actually on the ground floor of oracle arena like he's he's actually an architect um so he's always been around and he he was actually at a 49ers camp he's been going there it's very random but he's been there and he told me he was like you know i asked him actually a week ago i was like is sam darnold actually going to be the backup and he said yeah and he said i would take darnold and brandon allen 
over Trey Lance. Wow. <laughs> the, way, the way that he perceived it to look at 49ers camp. So, I mean, like, this is the writing's been on the wall for this. I mean, it's unfortunate. It, it's going to go down as one of the biggest bust picks in, in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he never even really got a, a shot at it. And, and I, I've gone on record as saying, if they somehow keep Trey Lance, and I don't know if they will, but if they somehow go into the season and he is the QB3, I think the reason they did this is because Darnold is a better mentor for Purdy. If they put Lance at QB2 and he's the one active on game day, Lance is not helping Purdy in any shape, form, or fashion. Whereas I think right. Darnold, even if Darnold's telling him what not to do, because he right. knows you know what not to do, he's more of a, of a mentor. And I think if they do keep all three, if Purdy was to get hurt, I think Lance actually leapfrogs Darnold into the starting role and they keep Darnold as the QB too. That's just my opinion of it. I just think they see Darnold as more of a mentorship right now than he, they do an actual starter. But, you know, who knows what's going to actually happen. What are your thoughts, Ryan, on the situation? Uh, I'm kind of going to start uh, literally I'm debating just reading what I put in the group once everybody got done arguing. Uh, I mean, he was rocks. He's obviously a small school, school prospect. There's a lot of question marks they ever paid for him. And you know what? Like he did, his skill set didn't fit the 49ers. Like he's never that did. mobile quarterback. And Shanahan's always been good decision making, quick decisions, go. And he didn't fit from the first place, which makes that wild ever pay of three draft picks, which we didn't have to talk about what turned into because it's depressing. <laughs> like if you're a 49ers fan, but like which it made no sense. He needed to be in an offense that was built around him. Yep. And I think that's the biggest issue. And at this point, between injuries and not developing as a young quarterback, it kind of stunts him for the future. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he has a chance to start in San Francisco. His best bet is to land on a team where he can be a backup with somebody with a similar skill set. It's a tough road ahead between injuries and just yep. being behind. He's ne- he's still never faced real competition. Yeah, it's 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 been tough for him, and I, I agree. I think that I don't think Shanahan wanted him. I think Shanahan truly wanted Mac Jones, which was the rumor that came out. I think Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, and uh, he was overridden, and they took Trey Lance. And I think Shanahan just his 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 delivery, his timing is not right. I mean, his delivery is kind of a wind up slow pitch kind of delivery, and then that offense it just doesn't fit well. Um, we saw it even when he was you know the the starter for the short time that he was. You know, he wasn't able to hit those quick little hits in the middle because his windup is so slow. So um, it just didn't fit. I- that's huge. Like, even for mobile quarterbacks who are trying to get, like, room run and create on the outside. Lamar, uh, freaking Jalen Hurts, they all get rid of the ball quickly while they're in the move. If you're winding up the throw like that, you're going to get freaking killed. Yeah. Absolutely. Which we've just seen over and over again for him. I guarantee that's a big part of it. Yep. 100%. All right, that wraps up the news and notes. Um, as I mentioned at the top, we are going to be doing a uh, a breakdown here of a of an actual redraft league. Let me pull up the the the, the board here. So again, this is a uh, poly playoff league. It is a super flex league with tiered um, a tiered PPR. So basically, the further down the field you go to catch a pass, the more points you get. So from zero to four yards, you get half a point. From 5 to 9 yards, you get 0.75. From 10 to 19, you get a full point. Then it's 1.25, 1.5, 1.75. So obviously guys that catch the ball down the field get more points um, than those little screen passes. So just to give you an idea of what the scoring is in this league, um, we're going to go ahead and break it down. Uh, the first thing I want to do is kind of look at those first couple of rounds there. Let's just look at rounds 1 through 3, Stephen. Is there anybody in there that stands out to you as being either overdrafted or someone you thought maybe fell to a little bit too far? Definitely people falling very far. And it's in the third round that's pretty egregious with Garrett Wilson and then Derrick Henry back to back. Both of those guys, for me, are second round picks this year. 100% agree with you on that one. I think I actually got Derrick Henry at the turn um, in one of my redraft leagues. Now, it is super flex, so it pushes the guys back a little bit more. Right. Um, but I, I still think there are second-round picks in super flex, but, but it, it, it would be borderline for Henry. Like, you know, I, I still think that he dropped, but Garrett Wilson, uh, for me, would definitely still be in the back of the second round. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Ryan? Anything in those first three rounds that you see that is kind of egregious? I mean, the first round is pretty normal. Um, Devontae Adams at 212 when the receivers you talked about, like Garrett Wilson, 
Jalen Waddle there, especially in a format that benefits deep targets when you have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to you. He's not going to be living downfield when you have Jalen Waddle, who's an ultimate field stretcher. You have Chris Lava, Garrett Wilson, stretch field. I like all those ever out of him. I think he was vastly overpaid for there. Um, other than that, like it's pretty normal early on. I just I think he was just a reach. The rest I'm fine with. Yeah, I think as I'm looking at it too, I think you know I'm kind of uh, splitting hairs here. But Aaron Rodgers going over some of the guys <laughs> that he went over, I would prefer Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers, even Jared Goff <laughs> right now. I, I'm, I'm not big on Aaron Rodgers. I think that offense is going to be very conservative. I think he'll be uber efficient NFL wise. I don't think he's going to be great for fantasy. So I would take guys that have some rushing upside like Daniel Jones. I'd even probably take Russell Wilson over Aaron, Aaron Rodgers right now. I think he's got a little bit of rushing upside as well. Um, but other that's than that, that, that's that, that's that dynasty voice creeping in your head right there. Yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> that's that, that's that dynasty voice. <laughs> you gotta switch that over. Russell Wilson out here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't see that offense being uh, uh, good enough. I think I said, I think he'll be very efficient. I think his job in that offense Aaron Rodgers' job is to get the ball to his playmakers and don't turn the ball over, play good defense, run the ball. And I think that'll be a very efficient offense, but it's not going to be a very fantasy friendly offense, at least from this passing standpoint, in my opinion. Um, is there a team, Stephen, that you uh, that you looked at that you said this is a team I really like? If I was drafting in this league, I would have taken this team. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that pick twelve was like the one that most lined up with, um, you know, just a lot of the players that I'm really in on, and not even just players I'm in on, like you know Jackson Smith and Jigbo. Like I'm in on him, but the idea of you know that upside like wide receiver there at that spot. Um, and then going, you know, Zay Flowers again, two rookies. Um, but, you know, just going Tyreek and McCaffrey back to back is just such a strong start. Um, and then to, you know, go A-Chain, Bigsby, Algier towards the end there. I mean, it's just a good, um, I think, example of like kind of like that hero RB type of build where you get that one. And a one that also catches passes is that one that you should have if you're doing that type of build. So I, I love it. Yeah, this this roster was interesting to me because I, I actually know Bo. This is his team. And it, it looks like almost like a dynasty roster after those first couple picks because you, you mentioned, you know, Judy, uh, Jackson Fick, Najigba is, is a receiver two. Judy's in there. Kyle Pitts is in there. Bryce Young is his QB two. Zay Flowers is a rookie. Uh, Devin A. Chain, Bigsby. Um, he's got a lot of young players, which, you know, in a league like this where you're, you're competing against a large number of people, you need some of those guys to hit. And I think that the upside right. is definitely there for sure. So, yeah, that's an interesting build. What about you, Ryan? Any, any team here that you liked more than others? Uh, I like the I like dollar bills, especially through their like first 11 rounds. I think they kind of fell off at the end. But I like to have that Alan Diggs uh, connection. All on roster and value. Jared Goff is the perfect QB two, just because he's going to be consistently good. He has a lot of good running backs. He's a strong tight end. And he gets a little scary after that wide receiver two in the flex slot. But there's some guys on the upside. I don't understand the talent boy pick where it was. Higby's a solid backup tight end. Like I have a lot to like on that team for me. Yeah, that's that's the team that I had written down as my favorite one as well because you you mentioned the the running backs there in the middle. So he started off with with two, you know, obviously Josh Allen at the one hundred three, really good pick there, and then you know he gets uh, Stefan Diggs and Amon Ross St. Brown the next round. Jared Goff's a solid QB too. But then those running backs, he gets Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins in the next three rounds. For you yeah. to wait on running back and then end up with those three guys, that is yeah. a really really solid roster for me. This is the first year I've been waiting on running back in years just because of the way these middle rounds are. Yeah, there's some guys in those middle rounds that are like these three guys right here. I'd love to have any of those three guys. All of them have, you know, top 12 potential, maybe even top five potential in some cases. So um, that was definitely my my favorite build of all of them. Let's flip the script here, Stephen. Is there anyone that you didn't like that you looked at and you just said, mm, no, thanks? Well, just real quick, one of my uh, underdrafted guys was in that team, Brees Hall at 6'10". That's crazy. That is I don't crazy. care what form, like, you are, yeah, get him there, please. Like, that's ridiculous. But, um, so, yeah, the one team that jumped out to me was uh, the 107, just picking quarterbacks to pick quarterbacks. I'm not sure why, um, you know, and it's like... <laughs> 
it's fine. I get it. Like, you know, it's super flex, but it's who you're not picking. That's really the issue. Cause you're picking Russell Wilson, but then you're not picking Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen or DK Metcalf. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. QB you're getting your QB three in the fourth round. That that's a little much. I mean, he went Trevor Lawrence in Tua in the first two. I'm okay with that. Jalen Waddle in the third. I'm okay with that. But then you're right. He gets Russell Wilson in the fourth. He gets Sam Howell in the sixth. He gets Ryan Tannehill in the tenth. Like I would have skipped Russell Wilson, Sam Howell. I'd have been okay with Tannehill in the, in the tenth as my QB three and gotten some more skill players there because you mentioned a couple of the guys that he passed on. Uh, right. You can only put two QBs in. I know Superflex is Superflex, and we all want quarterbacks, but you still only put two of them in your lineup. So. Having that many in the, in the beginning of your rounds, you're passing on so much talent. Um, I agree. I think that's a tough roster right there. What about you, Ryan? Any uh, any team you didn't uh, like? I mean, that one's definitely up there. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the one on one. Like, yeah, obviously Patrick Mahomes phenomenal, but like I met, I talked about Devonta Adams as a question mark there. Uh, reports on Deshaun Watson have not, not been good. great. I think you're taking Devo too high over somebody's proven like. Metcalf or somebody who's going to get more volume, like even Drake London there. Amari Cooper's tats to watch. And again, those questions are there. Khalil Herbert is your RB2. We don't know how long he's on hold on that starting with all of his. Yeah, that, this thing right. scares me. There's just a lot, a lot of questions. DeAndre Hopkins, he could be freaking washed. And Tennessee is the place where wide receivers go to die. I just. Not a fan. I, I do love the Adam or the Darren Waller pick. I'll throw the kudos there. We'll give that a little bit of compliment sandwich. I love that pick, but other than that, man, I did not not a fan of this. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And then the one that I had as my my least favorite actually was the 102. Uh, I like the way he started Justin Jefferson. I do think he should have gone quarterback at the 102. But if you're going to take Justin Jefferson, you know I'm not going to hate on it. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, decent quarterbacks. He gets some decent receivers. He's got you know Keenan Allen, Metcalf, but then he has Metcalf and Lockett as his two uh, receivers. And then his running backs, Alvin Kamara is going to miss three games. AJ Dillon is a backup running back to, I guess he's a technically a one B, um, but not a great one B. And then he doesn't get a running back again until he gets Leonard Fournette uh, and uh, Abana Kanda and Abdullah at the very end. That's a weak, weak running back room. Um, his, he went heavy on receivers, which I guess in this tiered format with PPR might help. Uh, but I think passing on some of those running backs, especially when you go D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, uh, as your starting receivers, that was a little bit too much for me. Yeah. So, who are his running backs week one based on this draft? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's AJ Dillon and and Abdullah. I guess. That's, come on, man. You, <laughs> this is when you know not drafting RBs goes really wrong. When you think that you're doing something like really smart, no. Yeah. This. That's <laughs> a good point. I didn't even think about that because you're right. You got AJ Dillon. You can't start Kamara. Obviously, Leonard Fournette's not even on a team right now. Uh, Abanacanda is not going to be starting, obviously. And then I guess Abdullah is the closest thing to starting. But even he, I think he's the RB3 on that team. So, yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. All right, so let's talk about a couple more values. Is there any other values beyond the, uh, the, the, the first three rounds that you like, Steven? I mentioned Brees Hall. That was, like, the, the most obvious to me. Um, let me see here. Um, I wrote down some. Derrick Henry had talked about, I really like uh, Mark Andrews in the fourth round here. Um, anytime Mark Andrews gets into the fourth round, that's a smash. Um, so, yeah, I would take him. I mean, I think he's a third-round pick this year. Yeah, agreed. He could even be a, a second-round pick. I think this is tight end premium in a sense. So, uh, Oh, then oh, if it's tight end premium, he should definitely second round. Yeah. Ryan, what, are you, what, what are the, uh, some of the guys you liked value-wise? Um, Javante Williams in round eight. That's beautiful. Like, that was my. I pick. know, I know. He, we're still worried about his health, but there's a chance he could be back in that dude. And I know that team struggled, but they didn't have an adult as a coach last year. Like, there's a lot. And he, like I said, we said it before on the show, a year ago he was running back for me. Like, he's a good running back that value, and all the running backs after him are huge question marks. Yeah, huge question marks. So I love that. Um, James Conner that round. Actually, I've come around to him a lot, too, because as we talked about Arizona earlier in the show and them having limited passing options, uh, dump off to the running back. He could be a 90-card guy. 
Yeah. So I'm a fan of him there as well. I like those. And I like the guy right next to him too, Jahan Dotson in the eighth. I like him as well. <laughs> Love Dotson. It's a, it, it, I think that's going to be a a, a a breakout this year. I think Dotson, he's looked so good in camp. Him and Howell have a connection. Uh, we saw a little bit of it in the preseason game just recently. I think Dotson's going to be, he won't be getting, you won't be able to get him in the eighth round next year. That's for sure. I think he's going to yeah. be a, a great player this year as long as he such can stay a smash. Such a, such a smash pick this year. Absolutely. And then, you know, one of them that, uh, that I've looking at too with the tight ends, you know, looking at sort of those, those lower tight ends. Uh, I like Evan Ingram where he's being taken. You know, we I, talk I love about, Evan Ingram wherever he's taken. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> but I think he was taken at the end. What was he? 10-4. Uh, 10-4, yeah. So he's going, you know, I think he's got top five upside, um, you know, with that offense. There I, you go, coming around. Yeah, he's he has the upside. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say he'll finish in the top five, but he does have that upside. Uh, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, <laughs> you've been sticking with it all offseason. So you you finally well, worn on me. You, you know the one I like. Just because of how reports of camps are, we saw that flash in playoffs. Just as like a late dart throw is a Jalen Hyatt one hit, especially in this format because of his deep ball ability. Deep ball. Yeah, good call. If he, there's a really good chance he's the wide receiver one in the Giants because that room is terrible. If he does that skill set at four, four, round 14, whew. Yeah, and Jamie in the chat wanted to know where uh, Damian Pierce went. Do y'all see? Oh, I see him. Uh, round six, six 12. 12. Yeah, he went 6 12. He went, uh, Right before Kamara and uh, basically immediately after Brees Hall and, uh, and Ken Walker is where he fell in the sixth round. His, his where he landed is pretty normal. Yeah, that's, that's about where he should be. I agree. What about picks that you hate? Is there anybody that you feel is overdrafted, Steven? I think you guys are going to disagree with me. I think a lot of people do. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson, I would rather have Joe Mixon. I'd rather have... Travis Etienne. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. Um, and then later, you know, he, he goes and gets Brees Hall, who I'd rather have. I'd rather have Ken Walker. I'm not in on Stevenson at all. Um, I saw the writing on the wall at the end of last year. In my opinion, they don't trust him. Bill Belichick doesn't trust him. Um, in the way the last year ended, it just left a bad taste in their mouth, and they wanted to do something about it. They didn't do anything in, uh, in the draft, which was very surprising. But then they wanted to go out and get a veteran running back, which they never do, and actually pay him decently enough. I, I just feel as if Ramondre, like relative to the other running backs on the board, I, I'd rather have like Joe Mixon, who's going to get all that work in Cincinnati. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm actually in on Ramondre, and, and I have been all offseason. And, and you even mentioned that most people are probably not on that side. But um, I could see that. I, I could see them, you know, because... Bill checks, you know, he likes his old guys. We, we know that he likes to get those guys that are at the end of their career. And if he gives Zeke all the red zone touches, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we saw when uh, when Damian Harris couldn't score a touchdown because he kept giving the ball to Cam Newton every time. So uh, I can see that where they're doing the same thing with yeah, Zeke. I, give I Zeke think the goal Stevenson line. still going to finish well fantasy wise, like he'll still be like an RB2, but, you know, where he's being drafted, I, I just I don't I don't I'm not in on it. Fair enough. What about you, Ryan? Any picks that you didn't like here? Not picking on Adams again, uh, but I'm going to say Chris Godwin. Him at 6'8", I guess it's fine for the receivers who go around him, but looking at the running backs, right around Hawkinson, you got good tight ends going after him. I kind of just don't trust him. I don't trust any, any parts of that offense. And they, as everything with Tampa just kind of scares me. Yeah, that's a good and call. I don't want him as... Somebody I have to start week in, week out right now. Yeah, so my my pick that I hate, it, it's not only where he was drafted, but also that he was drafted at this at this player's uh, wide receiver two, and that's Quentin Johnson at the 8-9. Um, you know, you got C.D. Lamb in that first round, and then his next receiver is at the 8-9, Quentin Johnson. Uh, when he could have had Brandon Cooks, he could have had Marquise Brown. I would prefer Traylon Burks over him, even Mike Evans. You know, there's a lot of guys after him that I would prefer. You know, if you're going to get a rookie, you got Zay Flowers going 9-12. I would prefer him over Quentin Johnson. Uh, I'm not a big Quentin Johnson fan, and I think if you take him, you're taking him late, hoping that he can have a you know a pop season. But you're taking him as your receiver too. Uh, that's a little bit rich for my blood, especially because this is not dynasty. This is redraft. So you know you're going to have to wait on him probably anyway. And then when you you know when you finally wait on him, is he really going to be worth it? I don't know. 
Uh, any other notes, anything else y'all noticed that we want to talk about before we move on to our next segment here? Anything y'all noticed uh, just in general team building wise or, or anything you wanted to mention? Dude, the team building is all over the place in this league. It really was. <laughs> like, there's like a lot of the teams, I don't see like a theme on how the team was built. Yeah, Which, that's it weird. That kind of drives me nuts. Well, like, at the same time, there's a lot of stacks going on too. And then a, a lot, lot of stacks. And then, like, interesting, like, running back quarterback stacks, which I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, one team that, I, that kind of just jumped out at me that I'd noticed earlier because it's running back, running back, running back. I love Eckler, Pollard, Gibbs right there with Fields and then the stack with DJ Moore. I think that's a pretty cool way to start your draft. That, yeah, that is a good, that's a good yeah, way. I actually kind of like that team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that team a lot, actually. His QB two a little scary, but I think. But who cares? But yeah. who cares at that point? Because you have, if you want to do that QB two, who's kind of sucks or could be, you yeah. have a rushing upside quarterback with high upside, and you have a floor play with Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah. Good like it's boom or bust. You can play your matchups that week on if you need huge points and want to take a chance, or you just need that floor play. I I, I like that. Yeah, good call. All right, that wraps up our redraft breakdown of this uh, of this league here. Um, I just wanted to plug one more time here, guys. Uh, going for two.com's personal league podcasts. Uh, unfortunately, we sold out for 2023. We actually have three to do next week to get them all in. However, if you order your, your PLP for 2024, you can get uh, 20% off. So what is the personal league podcast? It is a one-hour show dedicated to your league. Uh, we rank them from worst to first. We break down every team individually, give you trading advice, point out strengths and weaknesses. Uh, if you're doing it before the before the NFL draft, we'll give you dynasty um, drafting advice. Uh, just visit goingfor2.com backslash PLP. Use promo code EARLYBIRD24 to save 20%. Uh, that makes it less than $7 per person in a 12-man league. So just raise your entry fee just a little bit for next year. Um, again, going for two.com backslash PLP and the promo code is earlybird24. Prop bet of the week. All right, let's get to our prop bet of the week. And I, I went in here thinking I was going to do season long uh, prop bets, but they already have the week one uh, stats up and the season long ones are already gone. Uh, so we'll have to pick some, some week one uh, a little bit early, a little bit scary, but maybe we can get some good value here. Uh, Steven, I'll let you go first here. What do you got for your your uh, your week one prop bet here, higher or lower? Yeah, I, I really wanted to get in on this first because I thought that Ryan might pick this one, but it's Lamar Jackson over 212.5 passing yards. Um, I actually just looked. Houston gave up 209 uh, per game last year, um, though they were actually pretty good, but they're not going to be able to stop this offense. And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be the number one overall quarterback on the week. Um, so I'm all in on, on this with, you know, that offense is going to be great this year. Zay flowers. Um, you know, you got Odell Beckham and I think, you know, this is going to be maybe the best version earlier on in the season of Odell Beckham. Um, and, you know, Rashad Bateman, obviously he's going to be, you know, working back in, but he's still going to be out there. Um, and then even Nelson Aguilar as like a fourth wide receiver option who can still get things done. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a, a really great week for him. And an offensive coordinator now that wants to pass the ball more too, which is definitely yes. going to help. Yeah, that's that's a really low number. You're right. That's a that's a good one. Two hundred and twelve passing yards. Dude, it, I bet it's like that for the first few weeks. Like yeah. that low. Super low. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, and they're also going off of what Houston did last year, which was that two hundred nine. But you know that was kind of skewed because most games teams just got up big on them they and they could just run the ball. ball. Yep. They were terrible. So, the, you know, if you're, if week one, I think you can look at a lot of, you know, these lines go from what last year's looked like. And that's really a big way that you can take advantage. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan, you have one or you want me to go first? Go first. I have like two I'm debating between. All right. I just want to make sure I'm right on the second one because I really like it if I am. So mine is I'm going with the Homer pick. I'm going with uh, Christian McCaffrey higher on a half a rush a rushing touchdown in week one. Uh, I just don't think there's any way that they don't get him a rushing touchdown in week one as long as he goes into that week one healthy. Uh, we still are a couple weeks away. Uh, but I think Christian McCaffrey, you know, fully healthy in that offense, you know, with with Brock Purdy starting, they're going to want to run the ball a little bit, you know, work Purdy in slowly, not throw the ball a ton. So Christian McCaffrey should easily get at least one rushing touchdown in this game. So I'm going higher a half a touchdown for Christian McCaffrey. 
Dude, I was thinking, I was thinking about that in the half touchdown with Justin Jefferson, but I felt like that was just low hanging fruit <laughs> because it's Justin Jefferson and he's an absolute freak as a wave. Um, I'm going with um, Drake London over 47 and a half yards receiving. That's a good one. He finished the se- his last five games, sorry, six games. That would have tied for his lowest number, and he still had eight targets that game. He was just eating at the end of the year. I know the quarterback situation is a little bit different, but I think the team's a little bit better, and it's not going to take him as many catches to get to that total. But we saw some huge numbers then the season. I think he's just going to keep rolling. Yeah, that's a great call because you're, you're right. I mean, he had a big end to the season there. And uh, Carolina's secondary is not great, so I, I do think that. No, I th- that's what I'm saying. I'm like, J.C. Horn would probably be on him, but I think he can still get loose on J.C. Horn. Yeah, agreed. That's a good one. I couldn't remember who Carolina's corner was, and that's why I was like, I hesitated for a second. I had to like look up their depth chart. I could not remember his name. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so let me recap. We got Lamar Jackson, uh, higher 212 and a half passing yards. We got Christian McCaffrey, higher half a rushing touchdown. And Drake London, higher 47 and a half receiving yards. Let me drop my $5 on there. Uh, and this, at least, at least these ones all have more instant satisfaction because you know the other ones were season long. We won't know the 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 the, the result of those until the end of next season. So uh, these ones are a little bit sooner. Um, all right, so we got the underdog pickums locked in again, guys. Promo code GF two. You can do those pickums in most states now, not all states. Unfortunately, Ryan State's not one of them yet. He can do the best ball, so but he, he can't do the pickums. He can just see the pickums. They tease him with it. He can see him, but he can't put any money on any of them. <laughs> It's it's so frustrating. <laughs> like we every time we talk about every time we do this segment, I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to come eventually. I mean, because you can do you can do DraftKings and FanDuel, and, you, and I can bet. Yeah, it's, I can bet. I can bet over unders yeah. on other stuff, but I can't do this. It, it's so freaking frustrating. It's, yeah, it's yeah. so easy on Underdog too. I mean, they make it they make it so easy like, to do it. Their interface is just so much better than the other like the gambling sites. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Gambling sites cram too much stuff That's in true. there. Try to find yeah. one one. You know, you got your players. You look at them. It's 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 a lot easier on Underdog for sure. This is pretty. It's. Yeah, that's <laughs> Hopefully soon, bring, Ryan. Hopefully I gotta bring soon. up my sadness, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to some listener questions. Go ahead, ask me anything. All right, this first one here, we get this one uh, a, a lot at this time of year, uh, especially when when draft season is coming around. Stephen, I'm gonna go to you first. This is from Vince Mull. Uh, and he wants to know how we feel about drafting our own handcuffs. Um, he says he's got a contending team. He has ETN, and in his rookie draft, uh, he could get Tank in the second round. Um, should he take Tank, or should he go with a receiver or a tight end in that second round there? This is Dynasty, right? This one's Dynasty, yeah. Dynasty with yeah, the... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, no, and I think that's fine, especially if you like the running back. You know, maybe in a redraft, it might be a reason to go away from that. But I don't think it's a reason to go away from that in Dynasty. If anything, I think it's it's a it's a good reason to draft that player. What if it's uh what if it is redraft? What what are you doing there? Are you going a different direction? Yeah, I wouldn't handcuff my running back typically in redraft. Yeah, I agree. I don't think handcuffing running backs in redraft really makes a whole lot of sense. I'll handcuff other owners uh, running backs. Yeah. I'll get their backups because if one of their guys goes down, I get an extra yeah. starter all of a sudden. Yeah. All right, Ryan, I go to this one with you. Uh, this is a, a trade offer, another Dynasty League as well. Um, he's giving, um, I'm sorry, he just says either or. Lamar Jackson and ETN or Dak Prescott and Austin Eckler. He'd be getting the Lamar side, and he says he's in a rebuild. Um, so it's, I know like it's one QB, so it doesn't make the quarterback situation as much. But if we're talking he's a rebuild, Eckler is a 29-year-old running back. And I don't know if you're going to get an upgrade to two, like a running back as strong as ETN with that much of an upgrade quarterback uh, at that age. Thanks. I'm probably taking the Lamar ETN side just because I don't think, I don't know how much more Eckler, a healthy Eckler scores over a healthy ATN without the long term, minus the long term where it's worth it. And obviously Lamar over Dak, but I think it's a good trade. I like that Lamar side, ETN side, or Lamar ETN by a decent bet. What about you, Steven? I see you shaking your head. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think Ryan brought up a good point there on, you know, Eckler's age. Um, you know, typically you're, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, Eckler's the better player. And because it's one QB, the QB is really kind of not offset, you know, but almost more so. So I would be inclined to pick the Eckler side. But 
Um, I think Ryan might have convinced me there that I would take the Lamar and ETN side. Good stuff. All right, this next question here, and this question I get a lot this time of year, and not necessarily a question, but I see people talking about how to prevent tanking and how does everybody feel about tanking. And this one's from Edward uh, Mantell. And I want your thoughts, Stephen, here on, on tanking in the Dynasty League to get the better picks. How do you feel about it? Do you try to avoid it in your leagues? And, and, and how do you go about it? We had a case of this, we feel like, last year where somebody was, you know, not setting their lineup. And, it, you know, that that's when it's like, no, you, you can't do that. Um, that's frowned upon. That's, you know, you're affecting others in the league. That's you. You'll get booted. Like, I think, you know, at some point, you know, that would be like, OK, we, we need to vote or like have a, you know some sort of discussion for the commissioner like that can't happen. But, you know, if you want a good pick rebuild the right way and, you know, put out, you know, your young talent, like as far as like, if that's your best lineup, because you've drafted that way, you're drafting young, you're drafting for a rebuild. That's how you do it. And you know, okay, I'm not going to contend, but I'm, I, you know, I'm still going to put out a lineup every week. So yeah. that's really how you do it. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Ryan? I think you should have to start a real lineup. Like I can't, I don't think you should be, you shouldn't be starting bench quarterbacks or guys who want right. to start it. I think it has to be a legit lineup. Right. If it's not your best lineup, it's a gray area, but I'm fine. I mean, tanking for cowards, but I understand it. <laughs> and I get the point. I don't I wanna I wanna try to ruin somebody's day, but that's just me. If I lose a pick, I lose a pick. But I get it, it's part of fantasy football. Just don't be a prick about it. Like yeah. just make it realistic. <laughs> like don't I don't want to see Kyle Allen starting quarterback for you when you have two legit quarterbacks. Right. Just like make it realistic, make it so it's somewhat competitive. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Ruin, and try to ruin somebody's week. Try yeah. to knock your knock your friend out of the playoff. There you go. Yeah, be this be the spoiler for sure. Um, so one thing that I always bring up, and not, and it it seems like common sense to me, but a lot of leagues still don't know what this is, and that's using the max points. Um, you know, as opposed to uh, to record to to figure out your your draft order, it still doesn't affect if you don't start a full lineup. I agree with both of you. You got to put your your uh, a good lineup, a good style. You can't put guys that are on bye weeks. Um, have a lineup in there that's going to at least be um, you know somewhat competitive because you're giving the other other team basically a bye week if you if you um, if you don't start a right. full lineup. But to determine the draft order, I think you should have max points because then if you do bench. You know, if you bench one of the guys that that should be starting and he has a big week, those max points still count toward your your draft order at the end of the season. So you're not really gaining anything. Um, right. So it, it almost forces you to tank the way an NFL team would tank. And that will be trading away your assets, you know, trade away all your old guys, get draft picks. And then you're basically tanking by by deletion. So I'm OK with it. I don't really try to uh, avoid it in any of my leagues. I know there's a lot of places that try to you know, penalize you for, t for tanking and that kind of stuff. I don't go that far. I think if you, you, you paid your money and you can tank if you want to, but uh, I do want you to at least put a full roster out there. All right, let's get to one more. Uh, this one is from KJ, the fantasy tech. Uh, this is a dynasty 12 team PPR. And he wants to know Kendra Miller or Tajay Spears and tank Dell. Now, this is a couple of weeks ago. I think it would have been Kendrick Miller pretty heavy, but Tajay Spears and Tank Dell have both looked good in preseason. So this, I think, is a little bit closer than it would have been a few weeks ago. Uh, give me your thoughts, Ryan. What are you going with here? Uh, I think we'll still Kendrick Miller. I know Tank Dell looks really good, and there's huge talk on him right now. But Kendrick Miller kind of fits the mold in New Orleans. All these guys are guys we have to be patient with. And so I'm going to go with him because I, I think he has the most upside of it. And I'm just betting on upside on this trade. Fair enough. What about you, Steven? I'm still going Kendra. I think I'm biased. I picked him uh, at the 112 in, in a, uh, a, a rookie draft. And uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, this is something that we could look back and be like, man, like that's so obvious that it was Tank Dell and Dajay Spears. But Right now, to me, I'm still in on Kendra, and I still believe in the opportunity that he could potentially get in New Orleans. Yeah, I'm with you both. I think it's Kendra Miller as well. I think Tajay Spears, um, you know, over the last couple of years, there's been the, this is the Derrick Henry replacement guy, and that's just, he's, he's never, he's never really panned out. And Tajay Spears, you're right, he's not that guy. Do I think he can be a good running back? I do, but I don't think he's the Derrick Henry replacement. If Derrick Henry was to leave, you know, next year or the year after, it's not Spears' job. Um, and then Tank Dell, as, as good as he's been in the preseason, 
his his size really scares me. I, I think once we get into the NFL, he's playing up against some of the real corners and the safeties, and they're running real defenses against him. I think he will struggle a little bit more than we think. Um, so I, I think Kendrick Miller is still my pick as well. Um, the Tajay Spears thing, just real quick. Um, we've had you guys mention that question about um, handcuffing running backs earlier, and I think he's the perfect example of where people reach to take a backup running back or a handcuff and they either don't know who the real handcuff is, or they take someone who's just that big of a talent discrepancy from the starter where it's not going to be like, like you're not going to throw 201 pound pound tank Dell in there. I don't know. 201 pound Tajay Spears in there to do run Derek the ball 30 times. Like Derrick Henry does. He's going to be part of a committee. If Derrick Henry gets down, like you're not getting, 80%. You're not getting 60% of him because Derrick Henry is just this special player who's just different. No one else is going to run on this terrible team where everybody knows they're getting the ball. So you have to be so careful with taking the handcuffs. And Tajay Spears is the perfect example why. Yeah, and I think there was a, a situation that may have been last year uh, where Jonathan Taylor was the starting running back. And I think Naeem Hines was the pass catching second running back. So he's obviously not the backup. Right, exactly. There was a It's the actual one who's the body type, but this is just a t- thing of he's not that player. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, let's get to our last segment of the night. Get ready for goingfor2.com's Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, so when you came on way back on episode 94, we probably did this segment back then as well, and you would just give us your Forgotten Fantasy player. Well, we've been doing it for so long that we've switched it up, and now you get to give us hints, and we get to guess who your uh, fantasy player is. So go ahead and give us your first hint here. One season, this player had 130 targets, and he's not a wide receiver. Just for one season, okay. Yeah, one season, James White. 130 target, targets. What was it? James White. No. That's a good guess, though. <laughs> but I think he's probably yeah. had a couple seasons with a, a ton of targets. All right, so he's not a receiver, 130 targets. All right, give us another hint. The other hint was his teammate was a wide receiver one, to the, and he had more targets than him that season. So that 130 targets was more than the wide receiver one on that team. And that wide receiver one, two years prior to that, had 192 targets. So this player had more targets than that player two years later oh. on the same team. 130 targets. 192 targets for a receiver. That, that should, that should be... Absurd. Uh, yeah, um, it, that, cra- it was crazy. Is it Jimmy Graham? No, no. That's a good, that's a good that's guess. A good, that's a good guess, though. Yeah. Um, 192 targets. I'm thinking guys that got that many targets. So, like, Antonio Brown would be in that mix, probably. But I don't... I can give you the year of each, if that would... Yeah, give us... You give us any clues you can. We just we keep popping Yeah, clues. we can't keep popping we clues get- until we finally get it. Okay, so the year of the 130 targets was 2014. And 2012 was the 192 for that wide receiver one. And they played in, together both of those years. Oh, man. I'm just going to say Le'Veon Bell because I still got Antonio Brown in my head, but I don't think that's right. Cause that, that's, no, it's not right. Yeah, that's not right. But I just had to throw it out there. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, these are all good guesses. Delaney. Oh, I, I, that guy, I love that guess in the chat. In the chat. Delaney Walker. Interesting, yeah. Because. I think he did have a year of about that many targets. I might have not been 130, but it was a lot. Yeah. He was a, he was a, a target monster, but not a touchdown guy. Yeah. All right. Um, What's the rest of that guy's stat line look with those 130 targets? Let me pull it up. I, let me. I, I I need to actually look at these stats. I, I remembered them from earlier. Um, I don't want to give away too much on that. Let me see. You want just the receiving stats there? Yeah. Just yeah. Is it going to give it away? Um, okay. So he had 102 receptions that year. 100. For 108 
or I'm sorry, 808 yards. So not over a thousand. Not over a thousand, no. Pierre Thomas. No, good guess. You're on the right track with all your guesses. <laughs> um, this player played for two teams in his career. And he had an eight-year career. Damn. 2012. So I'm, I'm still stuck on the receiver with the 192 targets. I'm trying to think of guys like Julio Jones uh, probably got in that range. Right. Well, this is kind of a twofer because this is another forgotten player, actually, that shouldn't be. They're both in this kind of the same category. Oh, that Forte is also a great guess. That's it. That's, That's it? it? That's yeah, it. Good, it job, good job, Kyle. You got it before we did. And that was with Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Oh, right? that, is, that is good. Great pull. That's yeah, the first time the Jay chat. Jay Cutler, man. Jay Cutler just finding one guy and just going to him. Yep. That's right. I think that's the first time the chat beat us, Ryan, isn't it? I think second. So I think James Jamie. Got, J- Jamie got us once. Yeah, Jamie got it once. Oh, it's easy right. for the chat. They're not on the spot. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah. man. laughs> Dude, I've been on a heater lately, too. You have been on a yep. heater lately. You, you, you nailed last week's, too, I think. I forget who it was. That was a fullback. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah, those ones are always tough. Fullback. Dude, that's a good one. <laughs> Great pull. All right, Steven, that wraps the podcast up, man. I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on in a lot less time than 230-plus episodes or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> maybe we can get you back on, on the season with, with, uh, with guildteams.com. Uh, so go ahead and plug up anything you're working on right now and give me your Twitter handle one more time. Yeah, it's just in season. Uh, going to be, you know, literally next week we'll have it up. Um, I'll be putting out the top 20 AFC wide receivers, I believe. Um, it's going to go back and forth pretty much every week, wide receivers um, and running backs. Um, just a little blurb on them, just give my top 20 rankings. But yeah, you could follow me at FF Professor ST3. Always happy to answer any of your questions. Um, it's going to be an exciting season. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Ryan, what you got going on? Uh, find me Twitter Fox five three four. Find me here every Wednesday night. Find me over at the uh, Dynasty Big Board podcast. Comes out Wednesday mornings. Good stuff. And I think this will be our last official week of the Armchair Fantasy Show before we get to our Week One show because next week we're doing a PLP because uh, we got to cram them all in to get important. Ryan's the vacation done. week. Yeah, Ryan's vacation week. Ryan's got to do extra work week is what it should be called. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so if you tune in next Wednesday at 9.30, we'll be doing a uh, a contract league, PLP. Um, and Kyle, who's in the chat, is going to be on there. He's sort of our um, uh, going for two sort of contract league expert. He'll be on the show. Uh, we'll be breaking down a 12-man league. So it should be a lot of fun. And then the following week after that, we'll be breaking down week one. Some real football coming up on the horizon. So uh, good stuff. Uh, for Ryan... For Steven, I'm Jeff. Uh, We'll see you all in two weeks.